0: Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Le Coco. Last space.
1: Good evening, good evening, everybody. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening. As usual, we are gathered here to try and learn a bit more about the game and what we didn't know before. And I'd like to welcome you all. Remember rules of engagement. Hashtag Space Put it on the timeline that's our rules of engagement question comment criticism anything that you'd like to put forward we are there and remember not to forget our digital streaming platform where we have a podcast search for Le Kokola Spacey without any spaces and yeah you should be able to get it available on Spotify and available on Apple Music as well as other streaming platforms without taking much of your time I know that uh, Farouk has indicated that it'll only be available for an hour so after, let's, so let's say quarter past let's make it quarter past at quarter past seven at past seven i'll be able to take your questions you're more than welcome to request and ask your questions to Farouk. coach, coach Farouk, i'm a bit conflicted in terms of what to call you because you're a guy that wears a lot of hats and uh, especially in the game and that's why i use the word encyclopedia which hat are you comfortable wearing at this present moment in the football space Well, generally I would say I would like to have the title of student of the game
2: because I think in this game we continuously learn. However, I'm also the technical director of an academy called Stars of Africa Football Academy that has uh, been established a number of years ago and with the key purpose of developing young talent uh, from all parts of the country and ensuring that I try to maximize their potential and in some cases allow them to have opportunities in Europe and elsewhere, so that is uh, basically, I would say, my preferred title. Obviously, I do other things, but I think uh, let's 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 just call myself uh, Stars of Africa Football Technical Director. I think that could be appropriate.
1: And you know, when you mention Stars of Africa, um, people might just take it lightly that you're just mentioning another academy in the country, but you know, you've produced top-notch talent. How do you, how are you able to, to get it right? How, like who are the supporting staff? Because I know No Man is an island. The people that support you, the people that are behind the brand and they get the spo- they get the, you know, everything going. Uh, who are the people that are in the forefront?
2: Well, there are several people uh, that are involved. I mean, we have a staff of more than 15 people from uh, goalkeeper coaches to physical trainers, to uh, dietitians that do their work on part-time basis to analysis. Uh, analysts. But uh, all of them have a very important part to play, as you say. Even the the guy that drives the kids, the house fathers, the guys that cook for the youngsters because we have 60 kids that live at the academy. We're an academy that has never received any form of sponsorship from inception. And I'm talking like from the time we started, the academy started in 2005 when I was still at Sundowns. Remember, my career started as early as uh, the late 80s when I had a cruciate ligament uh, injury that put me out of the game for a while and eventually never really recovered from it. And mm-hmm. I was uh, involved with a club called Dynamos at the time. And that that was the problem that I had when I was coaching youth there. I didn't really know what to do. In fact, as a former player, I did what I was being told to do as, at, 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 a, at a different level. And I started tried to, to, to water it down to youth and it never seemed to work. And I then went and said, listen to the directors, I need to go and study abroad. And he said, no, there's no funds. However, there's a gentleman called Ted Dimitro. He's based in Orlando. And, uh, Mm. you know, you're welcome to go to him, which I did. To cut a long story short, it was difficult during those dark days of apartheid because when you go into the township, they would think that you are coming there to bring weapons and to come Mm. and do Mm. a lot of mischief, Mm. you know. But we persevered. I mean, the likes of Sheikh, Mashaba, Trot Moloto, Sam Bata, Kevin Johnson, the list is endless of us that went to that particular venue at Orlando Stadium, sat on those hard benches. And for hours, we listened to Ted Dimitro and his wisdom. He really laid a foundation for us. Subsequently, I was one of the three people that was selected by him to go and represent the South African Football Academy at the Brazilian Academy in Rio de Janeiro. Myself, James Mabena, Michael Tombella. And on our return, we were approached by Transnet. We we then set up uh, Transnet Development Centers and eventually School of Excellence. And subsequently, Kaiser Chiefs came and they roped me into their development. Left to Santos for a while, Kaiser came back to Santos, fetched me, spent some time with Ted. Then went to Sundowns and worked with with uh, uh, with with them for a season. And then in nine in two thousand and five, I started full time at the academy. Very humble beginnings. Uh, we had just a house. We had hardly any proper furniture, but. We were very blessed in that the group of players that we scouted, the likes of May Mashlango, Tokelo Ranti, Sibusiso Kumalo, Tefu Mashamaiti, all these boys had a hunger and a desire to become top footballers. And that is actually uh, uh, an ingredient that helps any coach succeed. So it wasn't just about what I was able to do. It was also the fact that the players were prepared to work very hard to achieve their goals and objectives. And for me, the greatest thing was to see some of these youngsters coming to the academy with not even a cent in their pockets and eventually leaving the academy to become millionaires. So for me, that's a big plus because they then contribute to their families, uh, the their, their communities at large, and to the South African football fraternity because many of them became Bafana players. Uh, the likes of uh, of uh, Amethyst Ralani, currently playing for Sundowns, also mm. a product from that academy. Uh, and later on, we had the likes of Luther Singh, uh, Pule Marazzani, many many youngsters have come through. In excess of about thirty or forty youngsters came out of this humble academy. So I'm proud to say that uh, we work hard. We don't have the luxuries of, you know, academies that the PSL teams have, where their sponsors are mm. uh, pumping huge sums of money. So we gotta we gotta think outside the box. We gotta coach our players a little bit differently to maximise their potential. But uh, as long as God is on your side, you you can succeed. And that has been our greatest uh, strength. You know, we, mm. we've depended on the Almighty to assist us and we've worked hard. So yeah, I think we still have a lot to do. We still also uh, acknowledge the fact that we need to learn because this game, you never stop learning. And constantly we innovate ourselves because gone are the days where coaches stand on the sideline and shout out instructions intimidating young talent Um, creating panic. You know, the the youngsters are no more playing. In fact, as I said earlier we're coaching the skill out of the player because you make the player so stereotypical with all your commands and all your instruction that ultimately he never has to think.
1: And, And now, coach, you know, you're mentioning names and you're not just mentioning any other names. You're mentioning household names. And I look at these players that you're mentioning and i'm instantaneously noticing a pattern i mean if you're going to be talking about Mei shangu you're going to be talking about Rolani, you're going to be talking about maraisani then you let you later mentioned Tuke loranti it seems like you have an mo at your academy where players can you know it's as if they can immediately just go to europe which means that your network is vast that side. this is something that we're not Accustomed to in the country, we players struggle to even break into the European scene. But your players find it a bit easier. It then it begs the question: the method that you used. Why is it that nobody takes your academy seriously? Why is it that nobody questions the method that you use? Why is it that nobody tries and learn from what you use? And with that being asked, I I would then bring it back to you and ask you: what do you guys do differently?
3: Well, I
2: think uh, there's there's nothing really different that we do, I think it's attention to detail for us. We look at the player individually. We are not focused on winning cups and trophies, although we've won the engine tournament several times. We've won the national championship. We've won the league, SAB league on several occasions. But I think that has been as a consequence of our ability to improve and develop the individual player. By that I'm saying is we don't just look at the player as a number. We look at the player as a living organism that needs love, that needs attention, that needs to feel wanted, that needs to feel secured, that needs to feel that you are there to assist him in achieving his aims and objectives. And that in itself means that we have to make lots of sacrifices. For example, our boys train on average twice a day, three times a week, and then obviously on the other days, once a, once a week. Uh, they They train on average 12 to 15 hours a week. Uh, we, 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 we believe in functional training where we don't divorce the technique from the brain. So it's more neuromuscular activity we develop. So let's say, for example, we're teaching a skill. We try to teach a skill in a more functional way, which is more game related. So we don't really divorce the football brain, which I think is a common problem in South Africa, where players are trained in a very regimental way, like soldiers. You know, guy gets a ball, he pumps it into the space, you run onto mm. it, you cross mm. it, and, and that is all fine. But when you play against players who are superior, who know how to manipulate the ball, whose technique is is above average, whose, for example, I always say to players that there's certain areas that you need to respect in the field of play. If you divide the field into three thirds, it means in the defensive third, it's red, or, or which, which signifies danger. In the midfield mm. third, it's orange, which means you can take your chances. But in the attacking third, you have the freedom to take risks to express yourself. And then obviously there's a lot more that goes into that type of thing. I'm just touching the surface because when you talk about that, you've got to break it down into so many different categories of development. But the main thing for us is that the players always have fun in whatever they do. They always enjoy what they do. There's also a a, a huge a huge uh, uh, how can I put it uh, objective to ensure that it's 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 it's. Player and coach driven. In Mm -hmm. other words, Mm -hmm. we interact with the players. So if I have a session, I would start off by saying to the players before the session, what is the training objective and why are we doing it? So they need to know why, they need to know when, they need to know how. And once we've done that, at certain breaks, we don't train for lengthy periods, we train for short, high intensity periods. So let's say we do an exercise for five or 10 minutes. We then break, and during the recovery, we then pose questions. So it's not a case of us shouting instruction while the the boys are being involved in a particular exercise or drill and also post training we then get together and we ask the players what they've learned on that particular day because without them having learned something then the, the exercise is fruitless because you have to ensure that players know why they're doing a specific thing and they must also have the freedom of asking questions and interacting so I will come at a certain time give instruction and say okay boys now you guys go and tell me how you see us Um, uh, approaching this game from a tactical perspective. So there's Mm. no wrong answers. There's only inputs and solutions. So with that, we're trying to create independence in the player, but we're also trying to create a personality because our our criteria for selection is we look at the player when we scout, we look at his speed, we look at his personality, we look at his intelligence and we look at his technique. But once he gets into the academy, we turn that word around SPIT, S-P-I-T, we turn that word around and now we, we look at ensuring that we improve his technique, we in, improve his intelligence, his personality and his speed. The reason why we look at speed as a prerequisite is because speed is something that you are born with. So if a player hasn't got that speed, we're not only totally talking about running speed or action speed, we talk about decision-making speed. How is, how is he able to, to to make quick decisions in the field of play? Uh, what, is his, what is his peripheral vision about you know, can he make decisions in short uh, periods of, of the game or should I say in, in, in split seconds? So these mm-hmm. are all things where we don't divorce the psychological, the mental, the physical, the technical, the tactical, and the social aspect. Because obviously what he does outside football will impact on what he does in the field.
3: 100. We
2: try our best to regulate all those things, but I must also give credit to the fact that when we studied in Brazil, we found that they did not win those World Cups by accident. At the time when we went to Brazil in 1992, they had only won three World Cups, but consequently they'd won another two. And I tell you this much, my brother, economically, they are worse than us. They are a third world mm-hmm. country, they have crime, mm-hmm. they have poverty, they have inequality, they mm-hmm. have racism, they have all those things that we have suffered from. But yet, mm. they are able to produce at least three to four players that are playing in the Champions League teams. Whether you go to Chelsea, whether you go to Man City, whether you go to Liverpool, whether you go to any team, PSG, they all have a Brazilian or two or three in their team. And that is clearly an indication that they are producing some of the best players in the world. They've just won the Olympics and they are favourites to win the World Cup. So surely, when you want to learn, go and learn from people that have been successful, go and learn from the best and implement Mm -hmm. it. But in saying that, you also have to look at the historical background of Brazil. Brazil has won those World Cups because of Africa. Now, people will laugh at Farouk and say, what does he mean? Because most of the players that are now uh, growing up in Brazil, their forefathers came from Africa. They were slaves. They were taken on ships to those places to work as laborers. And they eventually became the Pelés, the Garinjas, the, 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 the uh, all those great players, the Ronaldos. The Ronaldinho's, they are the offspring of Africa. So that is why genetically, we as Africans have been born with the best genetics for the game of football. However, if we don't develop and hone that natural talent, we will never produce a Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho and his team of under-20s came down to South Africa in 2006 and six seven. They played against Kaiser Chiefs Academy, made up of Jabu Atlanta, Kubeka, Isaac Mabotza, Gerald Sibeko, um, Rufus Makoti, and we played against a team that consisted, I'll send you the picture one day, of Ronaldinho and the rest of the Brazilians. And it was a very historical game because we could measure ourselves, and we didn't do as bad. Although they beat us 2-1, we really made a very good impression, and they were very, very impressed with a South African team being able to play against a national team. And this was not a national team, this was Kaiser Chiefs' reserves. So. Clearly, it gave me the, the comfort that we are in line to produce some excellent talent which eventually went on to play for the first team and won uh, many, many, many uh, silverwares during those days of Chavu Pule and Tlanta Kubeka and the rest. So, yeah, I think I have a lot to thank for the fact that I studied in a country that really gave me a platform. They reminded me that when you come here to learn, don't copy us but become an inventor of coaching. It's which I always try to do. I don't only take things in its purest form. I try to adapt it to our culture, to our nutrition, to everything. The climate of the country and mm-hmm. all this very important. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. remember, you take a boy from KwaZulu-Natal and when he speaks to you, he looks down. He's not being disrespectful by not looking at you. He's being respectful. Right. But this is culture. Right. If you don't understand the player's culture, how do you then? how are you then able to get the best out of the player? So because we have so many different uh, cultures in the country, we need to respect them all and we need to treat people accordingly. Then only will we produce
1: the likes of those players that I've just mentioned. I get you. Uh, coach, you mentioned something very important. And I, I, I'm going to pack it a bit. I'm going to come back on it with, with regards to you going to Brazil and learning. For anybody that's just jumped into the space, I did indicate that at quarter past seven, I'm going to be opening the line. Anybody that wants to ask a question, they're more than welcome to request and ask your question. Coach, before I jump onto the Brazil and you going to Brazil and learning, there's another element of your players, more especially. I know, yes, we've had a rotten apple here and there, but there seem to be discipline. And which is something that's lacking and it's not just lacking in south african players it's lacking in south africans in general south africans are generally not disciplined human beings when they say they're going to do something they rather they, they either procrastinate or they do it half measure or that's just how we are wired as a nation but your players seem to have this discipline that you know it's second to i mean you mentioned Luther, luther, luther singh and i think it sets them apart from all the other players they might not necessarily be more talented than the players that we have, but they have that discipline which enables them to play in Europe. How do you you get it right, coach? How are you able to get the discipline aspect of things right?
2: Well, it's constant reinforcement. For example, I make players understand that nobody needs to be entitled. I think you're right in saying as South Africans, most of our youth feel they're entitled. they, they They haven't been Uh, anywhere close to having to struggle. I think generations before them, yes, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of poverty in the country, there are people that are struggling, but I think generally, when it comes to footballers, they have found opportunities that we never found when we were younger. In other words, you look at the generations that have come before us, you look at the likes of Teenage Ladla, you look at Ace Nutsuleng, you look at Jomo Sono, and the list is endless. Those players really had to do a lot more, to sacrifice a lot more. They had to work on their own and they didn't have coaching, they didn't have development, and yet they produced some fantastic players. I think the new generation is also fixated on uh, social media. You find every youngster as young as six having a phone, constantly on the phone. They're not focused on owning their skills. Uh, They are not able to take uh, instructions. You find kids at school beating up on teachers. You find kids that are standing up to their parents. There's no more Ubuntu. We don't respect. We've lost a lot of our culture, which our people in South Africa were so rich in, you know, you had elders who, when they speak to people, the way they do it, you know, when there's a, when there's mm. an issue in the family, people come together, they have a meeting, they discuss it, the elders speak. I don't think that that culture is still as strong as it used to be and that transfers into the football world. You find a player, for example, when Tokelo went to, uh, initially I sent him to Mozambique to play at uh, uh, one of those teams there and uh, it was tough, not only him, Tokelo uh, was there, Ranti, um, uh, Amethyst Stralani was there, uh, Super Siso Kumalo was fortunate, he went to Swallows at age of 17, 18. But the rest of them, uh, May went straight to Europe. They had to go to a country where things are very difficult. And when they came back, mm-hmm. that experience helped them. But as I said, it's constant reinforcement. I mean, my players don't only see me at the field. Because the academy is close to my home, they come and sit down. We watch games together. I try to give them the experience of what it is to be a professional. Fortunately for me, because having worked in the professional ranks, I understand what is required. I understand how uh, the, the, the professional players are wired. I mean, I had the pleasure of working with top players like Shoes Michel, Dr. Kumalo, and the rest. So, you know, you learn a lot from just watching them day to day, how they conduct themselves, and how how serious they are about, uh, you know, uh, looking after their careers and honing their skills. And I transfer this to them. I mean, I've got a boy now who's playing at Orlando Pirates, Cabello Dlamini, very good, talented player. Uh, he came from the academy. There's uh, Brendan. Uh, there's uh, another boy uh, also who's playing. There's about six or seven. Um, uh, Ayanda and I think he's playing for Marumo Gallants. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many in the in in the in the PSL. Unfortunately, you know we haven't really received anything for them. However, they've made careers in the PSL. So these boys, I think they can only go from strength to strength. You got Chakufatso Mabazov, who's with TS Galaxy. Uh, And and I mean, I can go on naming those players that came through the academy. But the common denominator amongst them all is, I don't tolerate players who are ill-disciplined or pig-headed. I Mm. I discipline them in a way where I don't really uh, punish them, but I allow the game to punish them. Where I say to them, if, for example, you are ill-disciplined, you will not be able to play for three or four games. If you are not keeping up with your schoolwork, you will not be allowed to, to take part in training and mm-hmm. in games. So I lay out down these parameters. There's also uh, a certain exercise routines which they don't look forward to uh, that we do at times. So sometimes when you punish the body, the brain starts learning as well. But it's not where we look to abuse the rights of the player in fact we use exercise as a means to an end and in most cases these boys become very disciplined and appreciative because many of them who have been abroad uh, say that their physical trainers they have really complemented their, their 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 physical development because you know when you do a bridge in the academy normally people do a bridge for one or two minutes players in the academy can go up to eight minutes doing a bridge and that requires a lot of strength that's just one example i think when uh, when uh, Pule Maritzani was injured we took him to Brazil for treatment because we couldn't couldn't cure his uh, injury locally and he went to uh, Chico Chico was the physical trainer at Bafana we went to his uh, studio in Brazil where he treats people and we managed to get, the, uh, get, uh, get him to be rehabilitated so he would then work on the chin up every day you know at one stage he was breaking down he was very upset he was uh, crying that, you know, why is this happening? And we just said to him, boy, don't worry. We're going to work hard to get you. And now today, fortunately, his recovered. He's now at, at Sundance. He hasn't played, but I think he's a talent that when given an opportunity, God willing, soon, I
1: hope, he will really show South Africa what he possesses. And, you know, coach, your story is very interesting. I can keep you here for hours and hours. Anybody that likes like to request, you're more than welcome to request. Put your request through, I'll accept, and then you can ask the coach questions. Coach, you mentioned your trips that you took to Brazil and the learning thereof and, and, and having to learn. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you is that you mentioned natural ability, which is talent. Do you feel that our football off late is Eurocentric in the sense that we're trying to compete with Europeans in the european way where we, we will not win we will always come second best where else the brazilians they have cut they've, they've paved their way they've they've seen that only they can take the path that they can take and for you to be great you have to play to your natural like your natural strength are we doing that or are we losing that culture altogether? that's why we always find lacking.
2: well i think we've lost the culture we're not losing it we've lost it if you look at the generation of players that went overseas after readmittance the likes of Lucas Radebe uh, and the rest of the guys that went over, they showed that they have something that the British football didn't have at the time. You know, at that time, in British uh, British football was more based on the physicality, on the physical side of the game. But they went and, and proved that beyond a doubt, they had something to offer. Whereas today, our players will struggle to make it in Europe. We had, uh, Percy Tau went to England and didn't last very long and eventually had to go to al And the reason was he couldn't cope with the level of the game. I think what the Brazilians have done is they've ensured that the game or the, the, the players are holistically developed so that when they go to Europe, they can compete on a physical, on a technical, on a tactical level equally and even better than what they have to offer in those countries. If you look at uh, any player that you can mention now, Uh, They don't struggle physically, they've been able to hit the ground as soon as they land in uh, England or as soon as they land in Spain or in Germany. And I think we as South African players with a rich vein of natural talent, if we encourage our players to offer something to those countries that they don't have, which is natural raw talent and nurture that talent so that talent can uh, in, in fact become a, a, a product that is in great demand, then I'm sure our national, our national teams will, will benefit, our country will benefit. I always say that if we put our players into a proper accelerated development structure, we will be able to export these players and ultimately these players will reinvest all the millions that they make in Europe and elsewhere back in the country to create jobs, to create opportunities and you know, to ensure that our 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 currency, you know, in, improves because that's exactly what's happening in Brazil. The rich, the wealthy players, are taxed a super tax, and in fact, those wealthy players come back into Brazil and reinvest the money that they've made in England, that they've mm. made in Spain, that they've made elsewhere. And I think that's a form of export. So I I believe my advice would be to the government, to the powers that be. Start investing in academies like Stars of Africa and elsewhere. Ensure that the standards are met. Ensure that you have an independent body to monitor and to ensure that people just don't get grants and, 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 and enrich themselves. That they make sure that they produce players that can then go on to, to, to represent us at, <coughs> excuse me, an international level. And then our football will win back the pride that it deserves. I think today, if you ask anybody about South African football, people think about us as a, as a, as a joke, as, as something that uh, mm-hmm. the country that doesn't yet. If you look at the population in our country, majority of us are football lovers. But if you look at it from outside, rugby is exceeding expectations, cricket is expe- exceeding, and football is always
1: falling behind. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct, coach. Um, and and let me let me take this moment and be sneaky a bit. Uh, show voting, is it a, is it good or bad? Are you for it or against it?
0: Sorry, coach. Sorry, your question.
2: Uh, your question on show voting. Yeah, showboating. I think yeah. there's, there's there's you know show voting shows naivety when you use a a, a specific technique to to uh, unbalance your opponent, to create space for a shot, or to go past an opponent, to create numerical superiority in an advanced position, then I encourage that that is a skill. But when a player uses that skill in a negative form, it is to the detriment of the team and himself. A player must ensure that he's playing for the team and that he contributes to the team. We always need to understand that the team comes first that we, 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 we play football to ensure that that the team becomes the most important aspect of the collective. And when you do see showboating for the sake of showboating, then
1: I, I discourage that completely because uh, it doesn't have any any benefit whatsoever. Correct, correct. I, and and I'm, I'm mentioning this deliberately because you were able to get the better of players like uh, Manuel besse and yeah, he was he was showboating, but he, he so showboated going forth well, to the benefit of the team.
2: Well, Skara was a special talent, and I think uh, we were constantly encouraging Skara to use his skill in a positive way. As you said, Skara would run at you and 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 do a show me your number, but that would be so as to dislodge you from the defensive organization and to ensure that he creates options beyond the defensive line. So mm-hmm. he would, for one moment, look in one direction and pass the other or, you know, roll over the ball. But that wasn't to showboat, that was to take away the concentration at that specific mm-hmm. moment and suddenly you would see him make a defence-splitting pass. And I, mm-hmm. I encourage that because I think if, if Neymar does that, the whole world uh, uh, celebrates and, and applauds him. Why is it that when our players do it, we call it showboating? So there's a very thin line correct, between correct, yeah. showboating for the sake of showboating and using a skill. That's why I don't like to use the, the words showboating. Using mm. the skill to 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 dislodge a defense, to to send a defender in the wrong direction. I think that is brilliant. That is, that is a, I would say, individual brilliance that should never be... Uh, uh Who should never be forsaken or discouraged whatsoever.
1: I I, I get you. So it, it's a matter of the word that is being used because I've noticed mostly in Europe if they do the exact same thing that's being done in, in South Africa, for example, you'd hear commentators saying it's a dribble, or they even have te- they, even, they even have technical terms for it, nutmeg and all that. But for us, yes, if we yes. should go over, it's called showboating. So I I get what you're saying. But... <laughs> yeah. Look. uh, uh, uh
2: Mbappe knocked not made Bala on three occasions. Was it showboating? No. The world rejoiced. No. Everybody, was, everybody was enjoying it. Remember, football is a form of entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. football should always be a spectacle. The day you don't encourage your players to make football a spectacle, then we are robbing the public. We are robbing uh, football lovers of seeing a spectacle. I would hate to see a team that plays very, very stereotypical pass and move football because for me anybody could do that but when a team is able to make a spectacle out of football like we saw when the likes of Messi and Barcelona or when the likes of currently uh, Manchester play it's a spectacle they do different things but they do it in a way where it benefits the team and it also is a form of entertainment to the fans watching on Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so coach let's we mentioned we mentioned the issue of, of you know of discipline and i want to go back to that but before i do that we do have two requests and i've accepted the gentleman um Damilon, i have a feeling you're going to be talking about show voting. you may ask your question
0: ah thank, thank you sir uh afternoon good evening Farouk. how are you doing
2: very well my brother
0: yeah, I'm how good. are you i'm good i know i'm well i'm well Farouk. uh thanks thanks for for having me here on the show uh, uh, yes. Yeah. About about show eh? Uh People on this uh, on this row, they know me, or even on Twitter. Sp- specifically, that I'm not for show at all. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm glad that you you agree uh, to some degree with me about showboating, That it's, it doesn't give any benefit to the team. You must play for the team. You must, you must not play for uh, for yourself. Uh, like with. With regards to showpointing, uh, you are saying there's a very thin line between show and 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 dribbling. Uh, and 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 the chair, the chair here also spoke about uh, Shibobo saying Shibobo is showpointing, but Shibobo is not showpointing. Yeah, absolutely. Not, shibobo, yeah. you know when you put a, you, you put a Shibobo on uh, an opponent, you are moving the ball away from from the opponent and you are creating space for yourself. So that's not showpointing at all. Yeah. You know, Showboating is doing tricks. You are doing yeah. tricks, standing, you are not doing anything. The ball, put the ball on the top of your, back of your neck. Uh, <laughs> do step overs, going back like Scarra used to do. You know, I used to hate Scarra when I was doing that, when I was showboating. But it was, you would be brilliant when I was playing football, proper football, going yeah. forward. Yeah. Doing passes. Mm-hmm. But and then when I was doing all those things, those circles, <laughs> and then doing step overs, going backwards. <laughs> uh, that didn't do any benefit to the team. Uh, yeah. And,
1: uh, th- thank you, so, Tamita. I'm afraid I'm gonna have to cut yeah. you short a bit because uh we, we press for time today. We only have Paruk for the next 15, mi- fifteen minutes and I have requests. So I'm gonna ask you to if you can just wrap it up, please.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I would also tell people that if you used to watch Jabu Pool, Jabu Pool was a brilliant player. He used to call forward, he never even it's reporting was not his style. You look at players like Giflerim, you look at players like uh Abo like your villa guys. they yeah. used to play football proper football going forward that's what i like about yeah. football playing football yes. you see this show potting and doing this putting the ball in the back of your your head and doing no, step over us going backward it's not good <laughs> no, no thank no, you thank you farooq okay. thank you
1: very thank you. much lloyd please unmute your mic uh,
3: Good afternoon, Coco, and thanks for having me on Water Spice. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Loud Carrier.
3: Okay. Uh, I want to agree with uh, Coach Farrogano uh, in terms of having more uh, academies, like you mentioned the academy that is working with, including uh, the academy who used to have a uh, school of excellence. And I also wish we can have it in all provinces. Because mm. School excellent was one of the uh, good schools that produced a uh, lot of players. Uh, to mention a few, le- the likes of uh, Sipon and Stephen Pinar. But mm. now the thing is, uh, since though, uh, I think uh, the, the, the Minister of Sport or, or whoever is in charge abandoned those schools, that's why we have uh, most of the team that are only looking for their brand and uh, they are not looking uh, in terms of producing the players of which uh, if you are a slow player they cut you aside and they it it wasn't easy for the player to be cut aside because they were looking for to produce player n- not to uplift their brand so i fully mm. agree with coach farukano we need more of those academies that is is going to produce more players and so mm. th- so that we can have our own style of players South African because we are losing it. For instance, if you go to the MTC, you find almost a similar style of play, of which are most of the coaches there are South African. Then when you take t- promote those players to DSTV, then they the players are getting lost because we have coaches that are requiring something different, and that's mm-hmm. where our, our football is getting lost in South Africa. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for giving me that time. Thank,
1: thank you very much, Lloyd. Um, Lebo, I'm gonna take your question or comment, and then yeah, we can move forward with the chat.
4: Good, good evening, everybody.
1: Evening, level. Carry evening, on. on.
4: Um, Coach Farouk, um, firstly, um, you're one of the people that made me boys football. Um, from a coaching perspective. Um, when you coached Cheese, um, in the mid 2000s, that's one of the most enterprising teams that that played in the PSL. Then, um, I was I was in high school then, and I could I never missed a home game. I never missed a home game. But it, the reason why I never missed a home game was to played in entertaining football, and entertaining in terms of they had everything. They had goals, that entertainment value. They had competition among the team. You know there was there was a good spirit among the team. And now what I'm seeing lately is that all the guys that played for previous teams, there's there's, there's a disconnect amongst among, amongst the football um, coaching. I mean, the old guys that are that, that used to play. You don't see them anymore, and it would be lovely if one team um, had one specific um, had a one specific um, football football uh, style. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, like 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 my 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 sundown. You can see that everything that they do fizzles down to, to the the last last last, and you could you could almost now imagine what will happen in the few years that they have production that's working, that's so the conveyor belt of production that you're going to have. So it's easy for you to identify, even, to, it's easy for them to see what kind of player they need for specific position and stuff like that. So it would be lovely mm. if we had, we had that to be out. So we could, even if we go in nationally, then we easily have um, a football star. Like with the Brazilians. We, I've been knowing since like the early like football, around uh, 94. I can almost tell you the type of formation they have. The, mm, yeah. It's only it's only a few, it's only a few things that they, um, they change um depending on the team that they play but like you also you know that they're going to play further back two holding midfielders and number 10 and then uh, two white guys, and then number nine. That's how they've been playing throughout, and they've been winning. So it's something that's been working throughout, and we've been knowing that. But like, it hasn't been a thing that that's happening in our football. And I'd love that to happen throughout each and every team, from team professional until we get to the national level now. Because um, I think Lloyd said something now. If the if the if the, product, if the development we play um 4-3-3 throughout and then we get to the first team play a 4-4-2 play a flat 4-4-2 we play boxes we play crosses we're playing all of that but right now it doesn't help the um the the development
1: correct Lebo. i'm gonna have sorry i'm gonna have to jump in there because of of time coach level is mentioning something very important and i also want to add on to that look you are a technical director of, of, of an academy and you are a learned human being in the field that football that is. How open are you should Safa come knocking and say, look, we need you as a technical director of, of the country?
2: Well, you know, it's like well, asking somebody to do well, military service. You've got to go when the country calls. Uh, that is, That supersedes anybody. So if my country calls me so that we, I can be proud one day to have left a legacy, to have ensured that our future generations benefit then so be it i will make that call uh, I, I want to say that we sometimes underestimate the intelligence of our football public the three people that just called in now really mm. impressed me with their knowledge of the game obviously they are not coaches per se but they understand the game and until such time that we acknowledge that we are not dealing with an ignorant football public that people mm. know what is quality and they know what is not. You know, the thing we, that, that was spoken to about earlier on was from one of the callers was that we don't really have a clear playing philosophy, mm-hmm. that we, we seem to be all over the place. We don't have a well-organized youth football system. Now, these are very two very key ingredients. We don't have quality coaching or service scouting. Uh, our outreach programs are lacking. Our coach education is limited. Our coach education is still a little bit backward in that it's a German concept that came with Oscarita some years ago and it's never kept up with the best in the world. So what we're doing is we're taking basically leftovers from countries like like Germany. Uh, Even like I said earlier, Brazil, we needed to take the knowledge and they warned us not to take it in its pure form, to adapt it to our needs because our needs are significantly different to the needs of other countries. We need to have a philosophy which encompasses all our natural talents our skills our culture and everything else that goes with it and once we have that and we have the buy-in i think it's important to realize that we need a buy-in from all the professional teams with the national structure with the grassroots structure with schools i think we need to have an overall facelift to ensure that in the next 10 years we produce a team that will be able to go to the world cup to win the 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 CAF championships and to be able to do <coughs> what Sundance has done in the short term I mean it just proves beyond a doubt that everything is possible a couple of years ago no, nobody would have thought that Sundance would be as dominant but I think I must give them compliments for putting in the right uh, structures for ensuring that they they lift their standard and they constantly looking to perfect the art of uh, football both at club level and at the uh, at uh, uh, sorry, at the league, uh, local, local league level, and on the on the continent, and I think that should be an aspiration for all of the top teams. We shouldn't have a case where we embrace mediocrity, where we see our football regressing, and yet because we are supporters, we embrace that mediocrity simply because we want to win silverware. I,
1: I, I get that, and I'd really personally, I'd really really love to see you running a football because I mean a lot of people are not aware of this but SAFA is in charge of the development of football in this country and I'd like to take to see somebody like you being in charge, being, being in the forefront and running things as you know how I mean maximal training, we'll get into that uh, later on. Agent, agent you may ask your question Agent please unmute your mic uh, your mic is muted and you may ask your question Alright, um, we have to move on, coach. Coach, um, I want to bring back the issue of discipline, and, but in a different form, and we, you know, and ask you, there's a there's a morning of, of, of I think it was early 2000, 2004, 2005, a morning in naturena and here's this player, a very talented human being, he's coming from wherever he's coming from, he's trying to walk down the stairs, he's trying to get ready for a training session, and he just falls, and yeah, you, you spoke to him. I, I, I gather you know who I'm talking about? Yes, yes. How, how big of a disappointment was that to you?
2: Yeah, it was huge because uh, I invested a lot of time and effort and uh, you know, I knew his potential was beyond what we've seen and he could have only gone to greater heights. Uh, but unfortunately, there are things that are beyond our control when players reach... Uh, professional level when they are independent financially and otherwise you can't really you know when your child becomes an adult you can't really be constantly uh, you know on his case Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah look uh, he was one of a a few that had that but that is as a consequence of where he had grown up in you know unfortunately uh, when youngsters come from the Kasi we don't spend enough time in, in ensuring that there's life skills a lot of these kids are being neglected due to uh, socio-economic conditions, and I think by using sport as a a catalyst, by ensuring that life skills are taught at school level, we will deal with that. There will always be a percentage. We are not unique. I just think we don't read up on it, but all countries have these problems. I think in our case, it's to a large extent because of those missing uh, mechanisms that are not put in place. And, and I think uh, we, we, we should start thinking seriously about how we want to professionalize our sport. Uh, and going again back to the other sports like rugby, they've done that. They have what they call the Craven Week. Kids as young as 16, 17 get identified. They are put into special programs. And ultimately, they become springboks and they go on to win World Cups and play uh, elsewhere. I mean, our, uh, our captain, Siakulisi, is a, is, a, is a very good example of what proper mm. development can do. Today, he is a household name, he's an ambassador, he's a role model, and we are very proud of him. You look at Rabada in cricket, also somebody who I'm very proud of. I'm mm. saying, citizens was put in that. So we, we don't have to be shy of doing those type of things and ensuring that we embrace excellence and that we encourage excellence.
1: Correct. Uh, coach, you know, while I've mentioned that other player, um, I think. I need to also mention this one, because this one is, is a product of your academy. Um, talented, second to none. Rare skill as a striker, a finisher of note. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yet to see somebody who finishes as as, as he does. You, yes, maybe I might have noticed it with Benny back then, and Kermit yeah. na- right now. But uh, Tukelu, yes. Um you know, his story could have been a different one, had he made better, better decisions, and, and now we, we're here. But you know, with him being a product, do you use his story at the academy to try and warn other players in terms of what the dangers could be of not staying staying in shape and focusing on the primary objective?
2: Constantly. In fact, I had him over to talk to the players on occasion, and he's shared that and he's admitted openly that he he messed up big time. You know, he was the first player in South Africa to score in Nigeria brace the first. I mean, we had great strikers like. Sean Bartlett, like Benny McCarthy. None of them scored in Nigeria. And he Mm. scored a brace there and we won that match. So yeah, I think if he had only been more disciplined, because remember when he was in England, the current Newcastle coach loved him to bits. But instead of going back when he had to, he went back a week later and they were about to play Liverpool. So there was great plans for him. I think he was a rare talent. I think he came a little bit late to me. He came to me at the age of about 16. Spent about two and a half years with me, then I sent him to Mozambique, came back, went to England or went to Pirates first, then to England. So I had a short period. When I say a short period, I prefer having a player with me for a longer period. I have a, currently a player from Catalonia. His name is KG. Uh, you know, sometimes you see, uh, I post things of him on Twitter. He's a phenomenal talent. At 14, he's already playing in the Castle League. He scored today in a friendly he is something so special i am so excited i get goosebumps when i watch him and i'm gonna ensure that we uh, don't have him take the same route what happened to tokello was the mentorship once he went he was totally disciplined up to the time when he played at pirates he was the only player at pirates that used to go to pirates with our with our academy bus they used to tease him and he's coming with the blackberry because it was a black bus and they would park their porsches and the ferraris <laughs> and he would come with a bus with one driver driving him, never had a car, uh, lived in the academy until he moved to Sweden, he lived in the academy, and he was disciplined, but then suddenly he finds himself with such a lot of money, where he he was able to buy anything that his heart desired, and he had friends coming out from every corner, from every crack, and they would fetch him from the airport when he would come for national duty, and he was unfortunately a little bit weak, uh, didn't really do what he should have, which was go home, go to his family and uh, you know, be 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 you know, stay away from temptations. And as any human being, he was caught up. But we still we still hold him in high regard, he's still part of our family. And like any child, when he makes a mistake, you don't discard him. You 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 accept the fact that he's hurt. But uh, we're disappointed that we believe personally that he could have gone to greater heights. You know he was he was he was a talented player. I mean we, we can take comfort in the fact that Mame Langu always remained disciplined, uh, Emesiralani uh, remained disciplined, um, Sandile Pete remained disciplined, uh, Andile andilenkile remained disciplined. So I think out of the lot, he was the unfortunate one that uh, you know ultimately was 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 taken by temptation. But yeah, you know, it will always be a disappointment for us because we know he was a player that never really reached his full potential. It's frightening to think if he had stayed on the narrow, straight and narrow, what he could have achieved both as a player and uh, you know, in his own personal capacity.
1: Uh, yeah, Lloyd, I see you've requested. I'm, I'm afraid I can't accept you because we are about to wrap up. Coach, before we wrap up, Maximum training. Um, how much of a believer are you in the in Maximum training? And another question that I'd like to ask you if you can merge the two, a team that you coach and you took to greater heights is struggling at the moment, Kaiser Chiefs that is. Uh, how open would you be, like I've asked you with the national team, how open would you be to go to the team and probably be the technical director?
2: Well, I think, you know, to be quite uh, open, uh, I've always had a very high regard for the chairman and he in return has always had a high regard for me. I think where the conflict comes in is Stars of Africa if, and, I, and I have been approached by him in the past but the problem is I can't afford to break away from the academy I would prefer that the academy is adopted by, mm. by chiefs in particular so that I can be able to give attention to both the academy and to the program because I think they can complement each other I also think that the youngsters coming through the academy can be a feeder to the Kaiser Chiefs team and that will you know increase the base of talent coming through Uh, on the question of maximal training I am a student of maximal training because that's the the, the methodology that I that I grew uh, up with in coaching when I started coaching in the late 80s uh, we were exposed to the, uh, the inventor, to, the, to the, 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 the pioneer of maximal training. And I think he was ahead of himself. I think we as South Africans didn't really realize the volume of knowledge this man had. I was blessed to have had firsthand interaction with him for many years. And I still refer a lot to what he had taught me. Even so, to an extent that I put it above my 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 learning in Brazil and elsewhere, uh, I think he, he he formed my thinking, he formed my beliefs uh, structure, and he molded me into who I am today in making it so comfortable for me to produce exceptional players based on the philosophy, the methodology that he had taught me.
1: Coach thank you thank you very much uh, i know we had we, we're living on borrowed time and i'm uh, i'm gonna release you now i think it's 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 uh, let me k- stick to my word and allow you time to spend with your family and look coach we you are very fortunate to have somebody like you in in, in our country um you're second to none you've de- you've developed talent you've given us players that we never imagined that we could have and with that said carry on doing what you're doing and i hope you get the ability to produce more talent oh by the way i have a 17 year old for you left wing back i'll bring him to you and then you can have a look at him solid coach simon that applies to you as well and yeah coach please keep on being as great as you are and we really appreciate you
2: always a pleasure thanks for all those accolades and god bless and continue the good work you're doing
1: all right coach um coach simon i see coach simon is joining uh for those that don't know coach simon is a development coach is uh, i'm just gonna give him an opportunity to speak but otherwise if he cannot jump in then we, we have to close the space um one of my that my biggest listener just wants to say goodbye good night to the people goodbye my people all right uh, that's my son uh, coach baruch thank you very much coach simon i'll give you a call everybody that's listening on the space i appreciate you guys and I enjoy serving you guys and I, I really, really love you. Remember to treat the people that you love right. And with that said, have a great evening. Cheers, cheers. I like the music.
4: Thank you. She danced, and I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady, and she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love.
3: There's no way There's I can it back, but the plan is to show you better. that I hope.
4: Mm who maybe needed someone Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you.